Welcome back to another installment of Conspiracy Skeptic Unplugged. Uh, I, I mentioned on a previous podcast, I, I didn't like this name Unplugged, and one, one of my listeners was sort of kind enough to suggest uh, Uncloaked, but that would be from a listener named Matt, but uh, I don't know. But anyway, so uh, Conspiracy Skeptic Unplugged, this is where I find a uh, sort of a, someone in the skeptical community, a blogger or a podcaster, and uh, have the person on and talk to them and find out uh, what their favorite conspiracy is. And uh, I guess my, my guest today is uh, Michael, Michael Goodow. And you've, you've made a terrible mistake, as I, I'm not a, a blogger or a podcaster. <laughs> well, you've got a juggler on the show, and things have gone horribly wrong. <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking, Carl. I'm a juggler. <laughs> this, this is true. You're, you're a skeptical juggler. Skeptical, yes. Yeah. I'm not a very good juggler, so I should be skeptical. <laughs> but, uh, Find something to boost my career. <laughs> many people will remind, remember you as the uh, your uh, Pens co-host on the uh, Pendulette Radio Show on on CBS Radio. Yes, yes, on CBS Radio. What year did that run? What was? Oh no. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm a skeptic. I don't know any numbers either. I'm just this juggler thing. It's cool. it's cool. it probably ended about two years ago. Um, I, probably, yeah, probably in March two years ago. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think it was maybe 2000 and 2006. I think. Yeah. It ran about a, it ran about a good year. Yeah. Yeah. 14 months, I think. 14 months. Right. A little, little more than a year. And I think you, you wrapped up in, was it, was it January 2007? Started in, we started in January, so we must have finished in March. Ah, so okay. 14 months is the one number that I do actually know. <laughs> oh. And someone's going to call in and tell me that's wrong too, so. What the heck? Fourteen. Cool. That's what we're gonna say. And this actually, uh, you, you complete my uh, Louisiana trilogy. It would be the third third uh, guest I've had on from Louisiana. Hey, yeah, a lot of skeptics down there. Yeah, yeah. So the first one was uh, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer, Jennifer Booker Young, who is my 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 former co-host on my uh, Soul Survivors podcast. She's from Louisiana, and then uh, and then we had the host of the Amateur Scientist. Uh, he is uh, he's from uh, Louisiana, uh, Brian Thompson, and then we have you, uh, Michael Goudeau. So uh, yeah, so you 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 hail Eight from. You're well represented. Absolutely. So you 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 were born in Louisiana. Yes, Baton Rouge, Red oh. Stick. Uh, uh, how long did you how how long did you live in Louisiana? I moved out fairly early. Um, I moved to California in 1968, so I must have been uh, 12 or 13. My parents, uh, 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 in spite of having lived in Cal- in uh, Louisiana all of their lives, decided they were hippies. So we moved to San Francisco in the middle of the uh, Haight Ashbury phase, 1960. Oh wow! Wow, were, were your parents were your parents really hippies, or they were they just uh, they decided they wanted to be hippies? I really hippies. I, I don't know. Okay, I don't know the qualifications are there? Is there a test? All right, because, uh, you know they made the decision to move to California because that's where the cool people lived. So. Oh, okay, your dad just didn't go for like pursue a job with Lockheed or something like that. Well, yeah, yeah it was Farmers Fund Insurance, so he wasn't really quite on the hippie front, but I think he saw himself as a hippie. So. Okay, his his goal was to sell insurance to hippies. Yeah, I I don't know what the plan was. <laughs> wow, the plan was to move somewhere where there were fewer mosquitoes than Louisiana. Yeah, there, there, I I lived in Seattle, and I was always impressed in Seattle how how few bugs there were. Were were there a lot of bugs out in uh, San Francisco or? No, no, there were none. There are no bugs there. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it was really nice. It, you know. Up in you know in uh, in the middle of the Cushland uh, Marin County, so it was actually it was a great place for a kid. So I, that, Louisiana was too. I'm not going to say it wasn't. You know, I mean, I was out catching turtles and alligators when I was a little kid, and then we moved to California, and I switched to you know lizards and snakes. So 
Brinka, that, that's where uh, Skywalker Ranch is now. Yes, in. it is. Where, yes. Okay, that, but that was obviously years before. Wow, okay. Right. My mom lives on Lucas Valley Road, which is where uh, George Lucas's studio is. And uh, I, it was named Lucas Valley Road, just to be just to be clear about this, but long before George Lucas moved there. Oh, really? <laughs> I think he went, hey, you know what? If I move here, it looks like the road's named after me. <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> have to like, pay for that. Moving to Goudeau Lane. You know, if, if there were one, <laughs> I would move there. <laughs> well, you know, my, my hometown, there's, there's a Carl Street, but it's a very, yeah. it's a very, very short street. And, uh, yeah, it's rather depressing. <laughs> well, I, I don't think they can blame you for that. I, it wasn't, they didn't name it after you because you were short or anything. I mean, I haven't seen you in person, Carl. I, <laughs> you know, I see, see your head, the top of your head on your photos is about all I see. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. It's hard so to I, judge your height from the, just the top of your head. Well, you know, I, I always list my, like, on anything where, uh, you know, sort of, I put myself out in the public. I, I always make sure I list my height. Uh, my height is five, five, I'm five foot seven because okay. I, I, I've met far too many people who sort of come to me through, you know, what they've read of, you know, my, my sort of writings online. And they're always you like, write taller than you seem. <laughs> exactly. They're always like, I always thought you'd be taller. And I'd be like, what? Your typing <laughs> indicates a great height for some reason. I, I know. It's weird. It's like some people write tall, and I guess I, I write at like a six-foot level or something like that. So they're, they're always profoundly disappointed when they're like, you're just a little guy. <laughs> I don't know. That's if you hit them. Just punch them right upside the head at that point. Yeah. But it, show you little. <laughs> but it was, what was his – L. Ron Hubbard, it was always sort of famous when people met L. Ron Hubbard for the first time. I mean back when he was sort of a you – know, He was sort of, alive. Back when he was alive. Yeah, since back when he was alive. Yeah. About his smell since meeting him. <laughs> yeah. When he was like a, a science fiction author, people would yeah. meet him and they would always be surprised at how – what a big, tall man he was. And, and uh, he, I guess he had the opposite – the opposite problem. A lot of people just sort of, he, they thought he wrote like a short guy or something. So yeah, I don't know. Fall into that crowd as well, but uh, probably for different reasons. <laughs> wow. Well, and I guess full, full disclosure, uh, uh, you're 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 my boss, right? No, not at all. What are you talking about? No, no. Yes, well, yes I hired you to make uh, to prepare my website. Yes, right. Yeah, so you're, you're, a huge fortune. <laughs> yeah, you're my. Well, I guess you're my. You're my client or something. Or, He's very inexpensive. It's my recommendation. Right. And very professional. <laughs> now you've survived the endless changes. You know, I, I send you. Uh, 15 word changes a day. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. So I, I'm right. I made, uh, I sort of revamped your, uh, Mike yes. Udo. Udo. website. Com. Yeah. That was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a very, very good job, by the way. I, I love it. It's, it's much, much better than oh. the one I had. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean that as, it sounds like it's a terrible <laughs> thing to say, but no, no, it, it's much better than the last one. <laughs> right. It's not one of those sort of good. Great. One of those left-handed compliments. Or... Yeah. yeah oh. The last one wasn't all that hot. <laughs> but this one, this one now we have a uh, a gumbo recipe. Speaking of Cajun stuff, so. All right. Yes. Learn yes. how to make a chicken gumbo. You can go to the website. And yeah. You have to dig around to so find that. Yeah. Dig around. Your 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 new site is kind of a uh, sort of very bit more corporate. You're 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 trying yes. to attract. Yeah. You're yeah, trying yeah. to. Lay down some of the uh, the real aspects of my life. I try to seem professional right, on yeah. the website, which is something that you've added to it. I can thank you for that. <laughs> you're you're, try, you're trying to because uh, you're you're a juggler at the Lance Burton show in in Las Vegas. The Carlo Hotel. Yeah, and uh, but but you also want to sort of make yourself available for uh, corporate. I'm trying to get booked other places. You know, I've uh, been in the same show for twenty years and. I thought I should expand my horizons a little bit. I used to travel all the time, and now I don't. So, wow! I'm trying okay. to find a few little little travely gigs now. Not too many. Wow! Enough to, enough to buy a sailboat or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, I guess a little, little little plug for our listeners. If you're, uh, yes. you know, if you're the CEO of a high tech company or something, and you're going down <laughs> to Vegas and need a uh, comedy juggler for a trade show or corporate event, you don't have to come here. I'll go there. Oh, you could, yeah, you'll travel. But, uh, yeah, Mike, Mike, Mike Udo is available. You can hire him. That's right. 
It's not like, you know. A skeptical juggler. I'm your guy. Because maybe a lot of people might not even think, like, you know, you're available for this work. They just may think you're. Well, you know, I do have a regular show five nights a week, but uh, I I said I'm trying to take some time off and uh, get into some other markets so that uh, all of my eggs aren't in that one Lance Burton basket. You know, if he falls skiing, my career's over. (laughs) I'm trying to avoid that uh, eventuality. It's always good to have a plan B. By by finding more jobs and by not taking him skiing. That's my plan. (laughs) Yeah, skiing has robbed so many good people. Natasha Richardson and uh, Sonny Bono. It it seems like if you're a a celebrity, you should be wearing a helmet. (laughs) I think so, yeah. I don't know if the uh, general population is dying at the rate of celebrities while skiing, but uh, yeah, I think you should wear a helmet. I was the first guy wearing a helmet here in Vegas and uh, while I was snowboarding, and, and I was ridiculed. I put up a ridicule, and I should have started a helmet company because now everyone but celebrities is wearing helmets when they, when they ski or snowboard. So I guess you're, uh, you're, you're, you're skeptical cred. You are a... Uh you know, you're, you're associated with uh, Penn and Teller. Yes, Teller. I don't know if we're allowed to say the name on your show or not. Oh, go, but, <laughs> we can always bleep it, I guess. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm what passes, I guess, for head writer on Penn and Teller bullshit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't think yeah. anyone actually has that title officially, but sometimes uh, Penn and Teller referred to me in that way, so I'll pretend I'm uh, the head writer for the show. Oh, okay, cool. And, and you, you don't have to do that bulls hit thing on the on, it's podcasting. It's podcast, so. that's right. Yeah, so and I always are allowed to hear us swear. Yeah, I, I always put up the expl- explicit tag too. So, yeah. see, that's why I had you do the website. You're, you think of these things. <laughs> I, try, I, I, I try to think in advance. Yeah. <laughs> see, well, that's why you're not a juggler. <laughs> you can't plan in advance and be a juggler. Those things don't. Those don't uh, coincide. There's no <laughs> confluence of juggler and planning in advance. <laughs> I know. It's like. Career path, juggler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Well, you know what? Actually, I'm, I'm the. Uh, my career path was to plan to be a forest ranger, and uh, I, I'm, I'm either a very successful juggler or the worst failed forest ranger ever. <laughs> Penn Teller's bullshit. Uh, you're 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 the head writer. Passes for head writer. That's right. Okay. That's what, uh, sometimes they call me that. Penn and Teller are kind enough to call me that, and no one else does. Okay. But oh. the people who actually pay me do, so that's that's news. <laughs> All right, and and that's on, that's on show Showtime. On Showtime. Showtime. I think you can it's get the a, longest running show in Showtime history. How how many years? Seven years. We just finished uh, taping season seven. Seven. Okay. Seven years. Okay. When when's that? There, you know, there's a lot of bullshit. I don't know if you knew that, but boy, there's a lot of bullshit out there. I mean, we just got to well, – this year we're finally doing astrology. If you want to know how far we have to go on the bullshit, we're seven years in. We just now got to astrology. Wow. <laughs> Which you would think, you know, number two on the list, right? No. That might be first season got, or something. You would think. No, not for us. Season seven. <laughs> well, when, when, when's, when does season seven premiere? I believe sometime in July. July, Okay. Yeah. All right. July. This is what 2009. So July 2009, I think, is when this next one will go. Okay. And, and how how many years have you been writing for uh, Penn Teller's bullshit? Uh, since the first day on that on this one, you know. And actually, uh, I started writing for them. They had a, a variety show, a weekly variety show. Okay. Like uh, you know, like Sunny and Cher, you know, <laughs> that right. sort of thing. Where uh, called Sin City Spectacular, where they had uh, you know jugglers and magicians and comedians and and, and big name bands and c- celebrities and anybody doing uh, like uh, anything that they might want to do. If they had okay. some thing in their head that they had always wanted to do on TV, we would have them on and they would do it. You know, we had uh, a lot of great people come on and do really crazy things. The first week of it. Uh, Penn and Teller invited me and, uh, I don't know, half a dozen of their other variety artist friends to come down and hang out for a week and see if we could come up with ideas for this TV show because it was an hour-long weekly series, which is, boy, that's a heck of a lot of time, uh, to do uh, big magic tricks and, and that sort of thing. So they hired 
like I said, half a dozen of us to come down and spend the week. And at the end of my week, I was having a blast. And uh, everybody else didn't come back the next week, but I just did. I said, well, you know what? I'm enjoying this. I don't care if you're going to pay me or not. I'm going to keep coming every day and doing this because this is really crazy fun. And uh, a week later, they ended up hiring me straight out. I helped uh, rig uh, a rock climbing magic trick where they cut the rope that uh, Super Dave Osborne was rock climbing on. And and uh, I, I rigged that up for them. And they said, you know what? We'll, we'll just keep you. <laughs> no one was killed. We'll keep you working. So uh, I, that was my first uh, TV writing job. And we did, uh, I think, 24 episodes. And it was a great show. Really fun. I got to write... Uh, I, uh, gags for uh, well obviously Penn and Teller but also you know the Smothers Brothers uh, uh, Lyle Lovett did a gag that I wrote uh, Terry Garr did a gag that I wrote but uh, was that on, on Sin City? yeah on Sin City yeah okay and which was incredible for me you know the Smothers Brothers were my heroes as kids and you know, to have them on the show and a chance to meet them was first off spectacular. But then to sit down with them and go, well, I have an idea for how we can uh, add another gag to this or another joke to this bit that we're doing uh, was really great. It was just, uh, you know, it was, uh, very important for me. So, so the best way to sort of make it and show business is just show up on the set and refuse to leave. Yes. Actually, I, I, that is my showbiz advice. <laughs> if someone were to contact me and say, how would you get a job in TV? I would say, find somewhere where they'll let you stay and don't leave ever. Just do the job you're supposed to do as well as you can. Uh, you know, and at the end of two weeks, people go, you know what? You show up every day and do your job. We should just hire you. <laughs> you know, so volunteer, do your work. That's it. That was my, that was my showbiz plan. You know, I also had a, I have I was lucky I was uh, juggling in Lance's show at that time as well, so I didn't okay. really need the money from the TV show when it when I went and started doing it for free. So, you know, the idea that I was going to continue doing it for free through the whole thing seemed perfectly reasonable to me. You know, I, I had a, a nighttime job, so it wasn't right. interfering my uh, Sin City spectacular job. So I was perfectly willing to continue for as long as they'd let me hang out. That's that's maybe another one of the keys is uh, make it in show business. You 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 have to work for free for a very long time sometimes. I, yes. 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 The <laughs> same thing is true for the juggling act. I mean, I did street shows in San Francisco when I was sixteen years old for you know whatever money I could weasel people into put it into my hat at the end of the show. So you know, many times that was four or five dollars. <laughs> so yeah. A lot of showbiz is working for free for that first few years. Now, on on Penn and Teller's uh, Penn and Teller's bullshit, what I always think is interesting, and this is one of the things I sort of insisted upon for for your revamped website, is uh, you, you you make a lot of well, not a lot, but you you make you make a, a good number of cameo appearances. On, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. if there's an unpleasant job to be had, I, I will take it myself. First off, because I think it's funny, and second off, because I wouldn't write something that I wouldn't ask someone else to do. So, you know, if, uh, like this season, we need someone to be in a tiger suit beaten up by Teller, you know, it's perfectly reasonable for me to be in the tiger suit being beaten up by Teller. <laughs> you, you step up. You can see it's my big, yeah, it's my grab for fame, since all of the, most of the ones I do are... Uh, inside of big head costumes <laughs> yeah. you're on screen for like maybe 10 seconds but yeah. it, it probably involves wearing a very hot and comfortable suit for yeah. most of the day right I, yes i end up with a lot of uh hair in my mouth <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. because you know we build uh i say we as if i do it but our people build the costumes you know uh, we're working on a budget and so if we need a bear suit, a lot of times yeah, we will buy fake fur and sew up a bear suit, you know, and, and, and rent a head or buy a cheap head somewhere. So, you know, these are not the, you know, we're not doing Disneyland costumes. <laughs> you know, this bear suit is lucky to keep its hair on for an hour. <laughs> if you waited another 30 minutes on set, it would be entirely bald. <laughs> and so all of that hair lost in that first 20 minutes, it ends up in my mouth while I'm wrestling teller <laughs> it's a very unpleasant job <laughs> but, if, but if, if, if people are sort of curious about your uh 
I mean, I guess your 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 past cameos, and and I I think we're also gonna do uh for season seven you know give them people a heads up on uh you know coming episodes you're going to be doing little cameos on if you want to tune in and see me as a tiger wrestling teller (laughs) yeah yeah visit visit your website i think i think uh, click on the appearances tab and i think that's where where uh where it'll be we've got uh yeah we've got yep (laughs) wow pet teller's bullshit uh i mean you do a lot of uh you do a lot of pretty controversial topics um but like one actually got you guys like death threats didn't it you know what that's you know obviously that's uh, part of your your deal i would imagine uh the conspiracy theorists yeah now, i mean we've called everybody names but uh, to, to their credit everyone has been uh while annoyed or uh you know uh calling us names and stuff very you know none of them have actually threatened us until the uh Till the uh, conspiracy theorists. Apparently, you're not allowed to disagree with conspiracy theorists. <laughs> was it? Because they were angry. We were part of some Zion community that was trying right. to ruin the world. So, they the had that. Uh, there's evidence. I believe there's evidence of it online if you want to track down, you know, our links to the Zion community, apparently. Or, or at least the claimed links. We're well, not. You, you, you were once you were listed on, like, the great Jewish. Jugglers right. website, That's yes. Right. Yeah. right. For some reason, they created this. I don't know why we created a Jewish juggler list, but somebody did. And uh, and I, you know, somebody emailed me and said, "Hey, your name is on this Jewish juggler list." I didn't know you were Jewish. And I went, "Oh, you know, I'm I, I'm really not. I should uh, contact them and tell them I'm not." And, you know, thinking, well, it's you know, it's a passive thing. I I say, you know, hi folks, I, I'm an atheist. I don't really want to be included on the Jewish juggling list. Right. And then they wrote back and said, well, you know, was your mother Jewish? Because, uh, you know, once you're Jewish, you're not – you can't really get out of it. You're trapped apparently. <laughs> and I wrote back and said, well, no, no, my – neither of my parents were Jewish and uh, no one that I know of in my history is Jewish. But, uh, you know, I, I appreciate it. But if you could just take me off the list, I'm an atheist. And they wrote back and said, do you like Jewish food? <laughs> <laughs> so they were apparently – Trying to keep me on the list. They were, they, were, they were trying to pad that list out, I think. I maybe. guess they're padding it out. I, it seems like there were a lot of Jewish jugglers. I don't know why they would need me on it, but, the, you know. Because you, you're clearly. <laughs> I do like Jewish food, so I may still be on the list as far as I know. <laughs> Matzo ball soup, I love it. <laughs> I guess that, that to, to their heads, that may be Jewish, so. <laughs> That's enough. That's <laughs> yeah. enough. Okay, thanks. I'm happy to be in the club. <laughs> the uh, uh, back to the conspiracy thing, but like the death threats, was it worth it? Like the nine eleven people, or any any subset of the conspiracy nuts? I, you know, I don't know which, uh, specific nuts. It was okay. Uh, they didn't somehow they didn't call me. I was happy to say, but uh, <laughs> you know, some people like even on the crew and stuff. You know the. You know, the prop guy. They called and threatened the prop guys if you know somehow he had some hand in the writing of the show. You know what I mean? Wow. I, you know this show is about the ideas and, and the opinions of Penn and Teller. So you know, why they... would you? <laughs> you know, we threatened the dog that was on the show. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, what? <laughs> did they did just maybe go through like the list of credits and try to I, get I would assume whoever they could. Contact. They could track down in L.A. I guess close to their house or something. I don't. Uh-huh. I don't know. But uh, I mean, you're running a conspiracy website. You probably get a lot of angry letters, right? Are there any of them threatening you? It's you know, it just seems crazy. Yeah, threats. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never been. I've never been threatened, but uh, uh, I barely ever even get any sort of nasty, nasty email. Uh, there was just there was just one one guy. He sort of took. I don't know. Took offense to some of the things I was sort of saying. Uh, I, I can't even remember if he had any specific complaints, but I mean, he <laughs> was—you know—he was just sort of all about like, you know, you know, the government's doing this and they're keeping secrets, you know, about things from us. And 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 eventually, I sort of had to sort of say, well, you know, what would what would what would convince you you're wrong? You know, I'm like. And uh, and he never never he never responded after that. So <laughs> that, that might have been an effective argument. Yeah. What Penn and I have, have, have often said is, 
you know, they weren't able to keep the Watergate thing quiet, and that was only a dozen people. I mean, how on earth are you going to keep the 500 people quiet that you would need to fake a moon landing? Yeah. Uh, who could, you know, you, the government can't afford that. Nobody could do that. The, the people who did the work on it would have talked by now. Most of them are, you know, they're pretty old at this point. You would think somebody would have come out and gone, hey, it's me. I was, I was the guy who painted all the rocks on the back. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> this, this is an instance where maybe the crew could have been involved in, in this. But, you know, that just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. There, no one is good at keeping those kinds of secrets. You, you on uh, the Pendulum Radio Show, you, you did you did sort of a two two episode series about the uh, the, the moon landing conspiracy. Yeah, with uh, right. Joe Rogan and uh, Phil Platt. So Phil Platt, yeah, yeah. I my own conspiracy skeptic podcast. I kind of revisited that. I I sort of took clips from that and then sort of uh, sort of expanded expanded on it. You know, it's very, very easy to um, sit down and do the research afterwards. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, exactly. Here's the picture that shows you why those shadows look like they're at a weird angle. Here's one on Earth that has the same thing. You know what I mean? Those kinds of things are easy to sit down and do afterwards. But in a radio show, uh, a lot of it is involved in in the emotion of it. Right, yes. in that respect, Joe Rogan is, you know, he's really, really passionate. It comes across. And when you talk to him, he, you know, you just, he goes, well, how come? How come? Why is it like that? Why is it like this? Why is it like <laughs> Because he's not answering questions. It's really easy to just go and, and make it seem like he's destroyed you, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, well, stop. Well, the, the explanation is so boring and, and you know, and so technical. Yes, that it that you come across being you know just uh, totally uninterested and impersonal about it, and he's you know why would they do this? Oh my gosh, it's awful. <laughs> well, in the uh, it's sort of the creationism debate, they call it the the Gish Gallup. Uh, there's this one Dwayne, Dwayne Gish, this creationist, and he just he just throws out you know sort of you know lie after misinterpretation after you know uh cherry picking after you know you know misquote and and the scientist who's debating him he spends all this time trying to you know trying to catch up you know right okay yeah well let uh, me tell you why that happened it's because you know the uh the the flagellum actually evolved and that is so uninteresting compared to exactly that happened what do you mean that happened there's no way that could happen Exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's like it's very easy to sort of throw out a sort of sort of a lie, but then you need like a, a solid hour then to explain why that's not correct. Exactly. Yeah. Every point that you have to to, to rebut takes an hour. Yeah. And the uh, the, uh, the the sort of the, the first Joe Phil Plate episode, I, I think a lot of people in the skeptical community were like they were kind of shocked, like you know, like wow, you know, like. Joe won that debate, you know. <laughs> like, like, how could a guy like Phil, who, who, you know, the bad astronomer himself, you know, who made his name on, on, you know, sort of fighting the, you know, sort of the sure. moon landing sort of idiocy, how, how could he have lost that debate, you know? And uh, but I think sec- second time, Phil, you know, he, you know, he came much more prepared. Yeah. Well, also it's a time limit. You know what I mean? They, right. Like I said, you know, when they say the astronauts could not possibly have survived this, you go, well, yes, they could because this and then this and that. You know, there's a lot of reasons that this worked. And yes, part of it was that they were lucky and there were no solar flares during this two week period. But we can go back and look at the records and see that there weren't. Uh, you know what I mean? That's yeah. Yeah. so uninteresting compared to just shouting about it. You know. <laughs> Yeah. I thought the the, the, the best conspiracies are fun. It's fun to believe that, you know. Well, I mean that that's that's why I'm interested in the whole conspiracy thing because it's you know I mean it, it's it, yeah it, it's fun to sort of go how how can people believe this like what what line of thinking leads them from you know point A to point Z but without. Yeah, point Z. You're in sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Point point Z. Hard to say, isn't it? Yeah. I've been telling my kids, you know, the Canadians say Z, and they go, "What? <laughs> what? Where do the? Why would they say Z?" <laughs> I love that. Just to piss people off, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been doing a bunch of reading up. Uh, you know, I have uh, from the radio show. Maybe some people know this. So my son uh, is autistic. He has autism, and. Um, you know, as, uh, I've been reading. I read all the time on the stuff about the uh, MMR vaccine stuff and what's going on with that. And one of the 
one of the doctors that I read, and I wish I could remember his name, you know, his, uh, they asked, how come after all of this evidence that this isn't happening the way people claim it is, they right. keep going? And the doctor says, it's really easy to scare people. It's right. very yes. hard to unscare them. Yeah. You know? well, I, I guess we should, be, uh, you know, uh, get into sort of the, the actual topic, right? The, uh, That's right. What, what is, what is I'm your... I'm a conspiracy theory. I'm a, yeah. I have my own conspiracy theory. Yeah. I'm going to go the opposite way on you what after is, all of this. All right. Well, yeah, what, <laughs> what, is, what is your favorite conspiracy theory? What, what's... My favorite conspiracy theory is my... Is, well, it's not mine. Is the, uh, is the MMR vaccine thing. Right. You know, uh, uh, Andrew Wakefield uh, was the author of a study. Okay. I don't, I don't know what year it was because I'm lame. Um Stating the uh, that the MMR was uh, connected to uh, autism because the as our uh, incidence of, of vaccination had risen, so had the incidence of uh, autism right. being diagnosed. Right. And uh, you know his lab came out with a study that said, "Oh my gosh, here it is. Here's the proof. My gosh, what are we going to do?" Right. Um, uh, and and this is the unscare thing. You know what I mean? Then. Uh, you know, there was a reporter who picked up on, you know, the, the press, who, quite honestly, I believe, were doing their job. If a right. real scientist comes out, and at that point, all appearances were that uh, Andrew Wakefield was a real scientist, uh, they should warn the people. And the, right. the press did. Right. You, know, they went, you know, they went nuts on this as well. They should, you know. My gosh, these things that we thought were saving people are making them sick. And uh, now, you know, one in 152 kids has autism as a result of this uh, this uh, at that time they thought it was the mercury in it in right in the, right yes in the vaccines. Uh, uh, Dave Kirby was one of the guys. He wrote a bunch of articles right. about it in a book, you know, evidence of harm, and uh, you know he he's done uh, continued uh, to his credit uh, to continue to uh, promote his his uh, idea in spite of the fact that it is thoroughly debunked. So right yes, that's my big conspiracy thing is that you know as it turns out. And, and uh, apparently some people knew this at the time, and it wasn't an, enough of a, of, of a fuss to stop it. But uh, it turns out that Wakefield was receiving money from uh, uh, attorneys right. who, who, uh, who were saying that uh, vaccines cause autism. And so, you know, it, 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 it helped them that his study sh- agreed with them. And so he was paid <laughs> a good deal of money to... Uh, to testify for them in court. Uh, also, turns out that he had made his own uh, measles vaccine. So he was trying to sell his measles vaccine as opposed to the other one. Uh, right. And so, in this case, uh, you know, yeah, this is a conspiracy theory. I don't think that. Uh, I don't know how public it is. I people don't seem interested in that part of it. Right, that the sort of the, the the medical establishment is keeping this uh, sort of a secret. They're sort of suppressing the, uh, you know, the the, the, the evidence. Study that, after study is showing that there is no link between these two, you know, and the people who have been you know touting it, you know, the Jenny McCarthy's of the world, right? Uh, who, by the way, is uh, you know. Is, against vaccines but pro botox yeah so, right you know <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know how it was i'm pretty sure botox is poison <laughs> yeah. she, she's upset about the toxins in, in vaccines but yeah. does not seem to be upset about the you know the the deadly toxin in yes, the bo- botox toxin in botox <laughs> yeah. mm. excuse me ma'am that's botulism you're shooting into your face there oh right yeah well it's good it's good for me let me look young and once you start sort of promoting, you know, baby's first Botox injection, then, <laughs> then you know, just completely, <laughs> she'll be right off the rails. Yeah. Well, you know, she's, I don't know what her deal is. I don't know why she's doing this. Wow. Because she, she, she's married to a uh, Canadian. Uh, yeah. Or, or, yeah. Or, or, maybe not married. Her, her, her boy, I, I think they're, maybe. I think they're, yeah, I think they're dating Jim Carrey, yeah. Common law. Oh, but let's, you know, I. In, in his defense, I, you know, he's dating her. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I don't think Jim Carrey came out ahead of time and said, you know, oh, these are bad. I think, you know, his girlfriend's saying this, and so now he's trapped. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than going, I'm sorry, my friend's really stupid. I, so what can I do? Look at her. Look, she's beautiful. I'm, I'm dating her. She's beautiful. I should. No, he, you know. Exactly. Just, 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 you know, do what it takes. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> 
Wow. You know, but like I said, you know, they they first it was the uh, mercury preservative, uh, the Marisol, right? Uh, you know, which of course uh, exits your blood really much faster than methyl mercury, which is normal mercury. Right. You know, you get more mercury eating a can of tuna fish than you do from the vaccines, but somehow right. the vaccines are causing it, not not the tuna. And I don't want to say the tuna. <laughs> but please don't tell. Right in and say he said the tuna were causing. <laughs> um, so you know, once they got the thimerosal out, then the rates didn't drop. Now they're saying it's uh, anything else, you know, aluminum yes. or uh, you know, a- a- anything that they can latch on to. They're right. claiming is now causing it. So but they, yeah, they make they make the claim there's like antifreeze in vaccines, or right? Something. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and and kids can't handle the antigens and right. No, they they are exposed to more antigens going through the birth canal than they are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No one's claiming the birth canal is causing autism, although somebody <laughs> will now that I've said it out loud. <laughs> well, you know the the uh, the cesarean doctors. I think they might that might they should look into this. <laughs> yeah, the C-section guys will be yeah. on that. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but you know, <laughs> if 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 we stop doing the MMR next year. Two million people will die from measles. Yeah, you know, what I mean? almost immediately. It, it it it's it's crazy talk. It's just crazy talk. Yeah, right, right. So the uh, so it's, it's called herd immunity, where uh, I think I think it's about you need, you need about ninety ninety five percent of the population to be sort of vaccinated or. And then that right. was sort of the the five percent that you know medically can't you know for right. can't be vaccinated. Sure, sure. sure. immunocompromised or uh, yes. babies, really yeah. old people. Right. Some people have allergic reactions to the shots, to the uh, the vaccines. Right. Yeah. Uh, there are there are, you know there are a number of reasons where a few people can't get uh, vaccinated, yeah. and so we're taking care of them by keeping that number high. Right. You, I, I mean, sure on your, your, I don't know what arm it is, right or left arm. You, you've, you've got a little, you still have your smallpox scar. Yeah. I have my smallpox scar. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that's, that's sort of a, sort of a great example of, um, you know, that the, uh, you know, small, smallpox is now like eliminated in, in the world, but I, I believe they stopped giving it in North America in the early seventies. So there, you know, there was still smallpox like in Africa or something. But, but they stopped giving it in North America because people weren't getting smallpox anymore. So, and and, and small the smallpox vaccine did did have a risk. It, it, they wouldn't give you smallpox. It was basically I think it was called cowpox, and yeah. you, you, so you would get sort of this live or dead cowpox vaccine, and then that that gave you proper protection against smallpox but but yeah some people did have have a reaction and would would sort of you know get very sick or you know or you know partially paralyzed or or, or something so so they so yeah so once, they, once the threat was low enough you could quit you could quit giving it out because yeah. the threat of the vaccine was uh, you know as high or close to as high as the threat from the disease yeah so so they, the, whole, the whole cowpox thing is cool you know that whole story you know it turned out that uh uh, milkmaids right. didn't get sick and die from smallpox. <laughs> and they right. went, what's that about? Yeah. This other one. Yeah. It's a cool story. I like it's, those kind of things. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the thing, thing with vaccines, I mean, va- vaccines are a constant. It's a, it's a constant sort of balancing act between, you know, the risk of the vaccine and the risk that people are going to get sick and die from what you're vaccinating against. So. So, you know, I remember uh, one guy on my teacher message board, like, you know, he, he had the HPV vaccine. You know, mm-hmm. he, he sort of posted this link to, uh, you know, oh, all these sort of reports about people getting the HP, HPV vaccine and then, you know, dying or getting sick or something like that. And and uh, and I sort of pointed out to him, like, well, this is what they do. They just they always collect data. You know, you. You got the vaccine, and anybody who sort of, you know, a week or a month later gets sick or dies of anything, that goes into a database. And then they can begin to sort of see, oh, okay, maybe there is a correlation between, you know, getting the vaccine and people getting strokes or something like that. But but just because there's a database out there where they're collecting information doesn't mean it's connected, you know. But that's what the healthcare system does. They well, just – Causation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
so the, 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 vac, the, the vaccinations, the vaccines dropped off in, uh, in Nigeria. You know, the, uh, a bunch of the imams said, uh, you know, the Americans are trying to make us sterile. Right, yes, the, the polio <laughs> so they, vaccine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the polio vaccine. And, and 500 kids died yeah. <laughs> because they stopped doing this for some other reason. And it seems to me that this is, you know, Jenny McCartney is dancing awfully close to the imam uh, <laughs> school for me. You know, it just it doesn't seem right. Well, as you, as you, I think you, you've said to me, you know, privately, you know, this is this is a conspiracy theory with a, with a body count, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I don't know that you could charge Wakefield with a crime, but certainly, certainly, a, a many many people have gotten sick. Certainly, some people have died from uh, measles uh, because of because of his report, which does right. seem to be falsified. Uh, you know, David Kirby, the journalist, uh, how can we hold them responsible for this? I, uh, there is enough information now that they should both be running and shouting with their hands in the air saying, stop, stop, stop. I was wrong. I was wrong. And <laughs> they are not. <laughs> you know, right. they're just not doing it. You know, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's hard to justify it in my head. I mean, I, I understand parents being afraid of this. I, I have an autistic son. It's not... Uh, it, it, it's a, it's terrible. You feel helpless. There's right. nothing you can do. But there's also, you really can't blame it on something else. It 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 happened. If it turns out there's a way to stop it, let, let's do it. But right now we are going forward with the best of intentions. Right. You know, we are doing everything. Uh, there's not a doctor in the world that would give a kid a shot that he thought was going to actually harm the child. Right. I, you know, people make these kind of claims, and I say, do you know any doctors? Do you know anyone in the medical profession? Because they're working hard, and they care. I mean, very few people are doing this for the money. You know, it's not that much money. It's not that good a job that you would do it. And the idea that you would do something that would harm another human or harm a kid is totally foreign to them. There's no way a doctor would do it. If they had any inkling that it was going to happen, they would run from it. Well, I think, I think uh, there, there's one sort of skeptical doctor blogger, uh, Mark Mark Chrislip. He, he does a podcast called the uh, Quackcast, and mm-hmm. uh, I think one, one of his blog postings. I think he sort of did a little calculation of well, how much do doctors actually get for administering, you know, uh, a, a, a vaccine? And he sort right. of basically figured out that it's that either lose money or it's break even. Yeah, there's not there's not money yeah. on that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, so they're doing it because they want to protect children. Yeah, <laughs> people forget that. No, they're trying to protect children. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think he's also made the the point too that he's because he's an infectious disease doctor, and he's like he's like, you know, polio for for an ID doctor, infectious disease doctor. He says like polio was the greatest thing in the world because it filled hospital wings. It was business, business, <laughs> business. You know, but we came out with a polio vaccine. And stopped polio in North yeah. America and yeah. cut off a great source of income. Yeah. Like, yeah. imagine for even a second that you have found a cure for cancer. Uh, uh, is there any chance you're not going to announce it to the world? You know what I mean? Right. People say, well, no, it's, they've got it. They're just not letting it go. Well, no one is that bad. No one is that rotten. No one... Uh, you know, you're going to win a lot of prizes. You're going to get a lot of money if you've invented the cancer vaccine. Let's talk. You know, if Merck comes up with a cancer vaccine, Merck is all of a sudden the wealthiest company in the world. And uh, to heck with the doctors or the other insurance companies. They're going to put it out first because if they found it, someone else will find it as well. well what, you know, what it's going to go wild and someone's going to get rich off it and eventually someone will. Well, what I would do is I would go right to like R.J. Reynolds or Imperial Tobacco and say, <laughs> "Start the bidding," you know? Yeah, because you are an evil genius, yeah, Carl. <laughs> because if you, if you could like sell a pack of Cools and package the you know the cure to cancer, you know, you've got every government off your back. You know what I mean? They're like, "Go ahead, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sell exactly. Put them in the schools. We don't care anymore." You know? <laughs> yeah. That's right. Think of the vending machine possibilities alone. <laughs> but, you know, they, and they, the conspiracy 
people who say we're hiding these uh, vaccine truths, they just I can only imagine they haven't looked at the numbers because they're huge. There are many, many studies with many, many people. Uh, the numbers didn't go down when they took the mercury out. The numbers aren't going down. What's happened is we've expanded our definition of what autism is. Uh, you know, and uh, there are doctors out there uh, who, with whom I am even friends, who would say, you know, oh no, your son, uh, he talks too well, makes too much eye contact. He's not autistic. Right. Uh, and maybe they're correct. You know, maybe they are. But uh, this is the way things are going. You know what I mean? We've expanded the definition of what it is, uh, and so now we have a lot more of it. Right. Uh, you know, I hope they come up with a cure for it. It'd be great. Who knows? There are people working on it. I'm sure. <laughs> Every week there's something new. This week it's the what the hyperbaric chamber. I guess forty hours in a hyperbaric chamber. It's the claim that's going to cure autism this week. And oh, right. I, you know, I don't want to be promoting it. I, I, I don't know. I can't imagine that that's the case. Maybe it is, but you know, again, nobody's doing a double blind with it yet so until well, there are a few of the studies out there well, you know, who knows a couple of years ago it was uh it was called chelation therapy yes yeah right, we can get right. that mercury out of your system yes yeah don't have a tuna sandwich after we're done <laughs> <laughs> right you're clear oh shoot i told you not to eat that you know, I, I I did I did some research before before the podcast, and uh, I sort of looked at stats about the uh, sort of leading causes of death today versus like mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, sort of the turn of the well, I guess the turn of the twentieth century. And uh, what what's sort of interesting is like leading causes of death today are heart disease, cancer, um, like motor vehicle accidents, suicide, uh, and and in uh, of the 20th century, it was TB, pneumonia, diarrhea, and, and something called uh, nef- nephritis, which is sort of a, a problem with your your, your kidneys, and uh, which is actually uh, yeah, that's caused by all the others. Any uh, any bacteria and things like that do damage to you. So yeah, yeah. So which is actually is there a lot of a lot of things we sort of vaccinate against today. You know, that's how you kind of died of this this nephritis. So it's it's sort of it's like, you know, we we you know, we get to die of cancer and heart disease and you know, motor vehicle accidents and even kill ourselves, you know, be, because we're not dying of like TB and the flu and, you know, the, these things we've actually sort of have vaccinated ourselves Isn't against. Isn't Jenny McCartney out there trying to get us to stop driving? Well, that's, that, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. seems like a more worthwhile cause than try to stop us from vaccinating our children. You know, driving cars is certainly more dangerous to our children than the chance of autism. <laughs> I <don't>, sorry. <laughs> I've gone nuts. I'm trying to give. I'm trying to help Jenny find a new thing to focus her time on. <laughs> I, I, I always thought sort of one of the problems with uh, you know, one of the problems with this is it's like like the moon landings. Like you know, I mean you know Joe Rogan. He's 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 a big guy. You know he's a healthy guy, good looking, successful. And if you tell him he's an idiot because he you know he thinks the moon landings were faked, you know that's just going to roll off his shoulders, right? And I mean, maybe maybe punch in the face, but you know, but uh, but you know, when you're talking about like like parents, or you know, parents of like you know little children, and you know, and who are you know, I think parents of newborns, they're already afraid they're going to kill their kids somehow, and you know, so they're they're paranoid about everything. Yeah, and you now there's really a moment where they hand you a baby and send you home. Yes, and, yeah. You know, you get home and you go. Uh, what yeah. am I gonna now? Uh, you need some food, baby. <laughs> Give so, me something here. Tell me what I'm supposed to do now. It's, it's frightening. Yeah. So 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 try to communicate to parents that you know, like this this is you know this is stupid. Don't don't buy into this. You you you, you have to be very very politically correct you have to be sort of very gentle in in your in, in your sort of approach to, to i think to parents trying to convince them that no no you know vaccinations are safe and i think something's maybe like you know in in the skeptical movement you know we're we're quite brusque and and because uh, we're so, always so used to dealing with like you know ufo nuts and the, the, the creationists and stuff like that 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 
I think when we're sort of trying to approach like frightened parents, you know, that we we're not quite as genteel maybe as uh, as we should be. I, I understand the panic. Like I said, my my son is autistic, and and it, it's uh, it, one of the few things that you might be able to control was whether he didn't get the shot. You know what I mean? Aha! I can take control. I can not give him the shot, and that will keep him from getting autism. Right. Uh, I can understand that emotion. Uh, measles, mumps, rubella. How often do you see those? You know, for gosh sakes, I, I couldn't tell you what would happen. I got rubella. I don't, I don't You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time someone had rubella? How many people recognize the symptoms of these diseases at this point? Right. You know, it, it it's impossible, impossible to 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 unscare people, parents. They, they don't see those diseases. They don't know that kids died of those things. Yeah. Those things seem uh, uh, gone. Those are gone out of our lives. They're only an airplane flight away, but they seem gone from our lives because enough of us have uh, the vaccines to keep us from spreading it wildly. Exactly. But again, we stopped. Next year, two million people die from uh, measles. Exactly, because these, these things, I mean, they're in Africa and the third world and stuff like that, right? And people, people are traveling there they're you know we're traveling there for vacations exactly yep. and uh i mean it's like you, you sent me an article uh there, there was a place in california where oh, yeah. where LA. yeah where rates had fallen to like 40 40 like 40 percent or something like that 40 50 percent vaccination rates yeah exemptions from vaccinations here's i got the article here allow children to enroll in public school and private school without state mandated shots have more than doubled since 1997 yeah so and it's you know it it is affluent parents it's people yeah. with access to data it's people who have good lives and who have forgotten somehow yeah. or who are part of a green movement that they want to seem cool i yeah. I, I just don't get it you know but, but these, uh, these these are also the people that can get on a plane and go to like a you know yes. an echo tour down into Central America or something and and bring these diseases right back into their communities. Yeah, in fact, last year there were uh, an outbreak of uh, measles in San Diego. Yeah, uh, family went on a vacation, came home, uh, and went, you know went into the doctor's office because the kid had this disease and. You know, four or five kids in the waiting room got sick. Right. You know, some of them pretty seriously, and you know, I don't, I don't see the people who chose to not vaccinate their kid uh, paying for those other kids. I don't see them apologizing to them. <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how you justify that in your head. You know, it, it, as a part of a civil society, you know, some of these rules. I mean, I, I'm not a rule guy. But this makes a little bit of sense to me. Right. <laughs> if we don't keep this up, uh, we're not protecting our children. We've gone the opposite way. With the idea that we're protecting children, we are not protecting children. It's it's backwards world. Indeed. I mean, I remember. I mean, when I was a boy in in grade school, I, I remember at least there was at least one kid that had whooping cough and another kid that had scarlet fever. I mean. Do you, do you remember any of those diseases? Don't, but I was a jug leader kid. You know what oh, I mean? I'm oblivious okay. to everything. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if I had those diseases. I yeah. But I remember my. I mean, my dad telling me about when you know he was like a you know a boy or a teenager. Uh, you know, polio was the big thing, and you know, polio was the big thing. Yeah. Boy, public's gone. Yeah, I mean, public schools. Gone. Through, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, we're. People like you and I are not too far removed from, you know, memories of these horrible diseases. But yeah, but I mean, you know, what passes for parents today, you know, they're, they're, they 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 have no memory or experience or even maybe even a parent that can say, you know, you know, kid down the street got polio kind of thing. And so we had a president, you know, who yeah, yeah. It's a bad job anyway. <laughs> President, you know what I mean? What is it, one in four, one in five of them have been killed? Oh, you think firemen's bad? Ugh. President's got a bad number. It's, you know, it's really it's 20% of the presidents get shot. It's, <laughs> what other job would you take that had that chances? 
<laughs> What's called the uh, the my, my favorite conspiracy is the called the Clinton body count, where uh, someone sort of like was keeping track of all the people who you know uh, Clinton, the, the President Clinton, not the uh, the. What's her? What's her? What's her position in government? Head of uh, Secretary of State. Secretary of State, right? I was going to call her Minister of State. Secretary of State, right? yes. <laughs> Canadian. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, uh, we're all this, you know. <laughs> What was that guy's name? Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton, right? Yeah, Roger. Clinton. <laughs> yeah, Bill Clinton. All, all, all the people Bill Clinton knew were, you know, were, were sort of dying around him, and as if you know, Clinton was going out killing them, and then someone had to sort of point out, like, well, you know. Clinton knows a lot of pilots and cops and soldiers, and these are the people that are dying, you know, and they're just in very risky jobs. And when you're president, you encounter, you know, thousands and thousands of people every single year, and, you know, and many of them in high risk jobs, and once in a while, one of them dies, you know. Yeah. You know, that's a good idea. (laughs) I like, maybe I'll join that group. Because, you know, the immunization guys are really, they're just making me mad. Maybe this would be fun. <laughs> the immunization guys, so we, we know that this guy uh, falsified data. We know that he had things to sell. We know he had a vaccine to sell. We know he made money on it. Is he, wait, wait, so, and, wait, yeah, wait. We know we had a vaccine to sell. And, 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 and yet that it continues on as if somehow that hasn't happened. Yeah. You know, it's... It's well, nuts. And, you know, and they're accusing. There's another doctor, uh, uh, Doctor uh, Paul Paul Offit, right? A, uh, you know, infectious disease guy. Did a lot of work. You know, saw a kid die of uh, of rotavirus, and and so went nuts trying to come up with a rotavirus vaccine because he's it. He was so mortified by the right. horror of this kid's death, and now so he's invented this vaccine that's saving hundreds of lives a day, and the. Vaccine deniers are saying, no, no, he's part of the conspiracy because, you see, he's selling a vaccine. Right. Entirely ignoring the fact that the guy they based the whole thing on was selling a vaccine at the time exactly opposite to the one that he accused of uh, causing these problems. It's, you know, it's just nuts. You, you have to ignore a lot to maintain your conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's a I matter guess. of consistency. Tam, the, 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 the amazing yes. meeting, which is in uh, J- July, 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 July sometime. Yeah, July sometime. You, you're, 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 are, are you still going to be at Tam? Are you going to be at Tam? I am scheduled to talk at a couple of things. One of them is skepticism in the media, and the other is uh, a vaccine thing. Oddly enough. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> yeah. Hence, why? I, why I mean, it's Tam. Obviously, they have real doctors and stuff. I. Again, they just needed a monkey to dance while they do it. I guess I don't know. (laughs) I've been asked to do it. I'm honored. I'm going to do it if I can. Well, it, it, you know, I was looking at sort of the you know the schedule and the speakers and stuff, and and I, I couldn't find any listing, but I they probably don't list everybody who's on panels and stuff, every last <laughs> name on panels and stuff. But yeah, but uh, so yeah, so a better agent. Sorry, Carl. Can no, you get no, on that for me? Oh yeah, I'll try. Yeah, I'm sort of. You here. know what I told them? Uh, you know my uh, I, my uh, show contract ends soon, and so I'm not okay. sure if we're going to continue. Uh, uh, working full-time in Vegas until that point. Right. And so I said, you know what? I, I, yes, I will do them. I don't know uh, if I will be able to do the work schedule. So until my work schedule is, is, is solidified, I can't really promise them that I'll be there. Okay. All right. So and they've been kind enough to go, okay, sure. Okay. So you, 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 you may be on these, on these two. Tam- I may be on these, on these things at the town. I would oh, like okay. to do it. It's fine. All right. Okay, so if anybody listeners are going to TAM, then sort of keep an eye out for these two uh, panels. And if you are also a, a big fan of uh, Michael Goudeau, then you might yeah, be pleasantly <laughs> surprised. Yeah, yeah. You you are you are like the most humble person. <laughs> well, I know. You don't really actually know me that well, Carl. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not humble. I'm just saying I'm not that great. <laughs> no, you, you, you are completely ignorant because you know when I was working with you for your website, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like find you know things people have said about you and stuff like that, and 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 you're like, I don't, I don't know, you know, and I'm like, well, let's go to Google, and you're like, 
like, like, like you've never Googled on your name ever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm finding all these well, quotes. I, I know a lot about me. <laughs> that's true, I, yeah. I, you know, I don't do a lot of research on me, as yeah. it turns out. I, that's not that exciting to me. But, I, <laughs> but, the, but the best one was the uh, uh, Wikipedia. If you sort of follow Wikipedia, there's a, a wiki quotes where the uh, there's a, a page on wiki quotes about the the pen pen radio show. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. sent me the link to that. <laughs> yeah, I had to point this out to you. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, look at this, you know, because there's there's like I think there's two quotes. You know, people people quote you know find great quotes from TV and radio shows, and they so they enter them in, in wiki quotes, and so so the one devoted to pen pen radio, you know, it's all listeners who have sort of you know sat at their little laptops and entered in quotes, and and I think there's like two quotes by Pen, and there's like thirty eight by you, like people who have <laughs> have sort of you know have gone. That was really funny that thing Mike said, and then so <laughs> so entered it in there, and and you're 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 quite oblivious to this that yeah, I call it the Michael Gudo army that there's a you know that yeah, there's tell me that this is out there and I uh, yeah, yeah you're right. yeah I, there's people that they like they like <laughs> they like it. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, got, you had no clue and I'm like wow you're such a humble guy <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah, maybe if I had a clue I wouldn't be so I, I don't know well I, you know I, I got I got to ask because you know people will 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 demand it of me but uh Pen radio show is that ever going to come back? You know, every four weeks I I hear that uh, we are within seconds of finishing the negotiation. All right. <laughs> I have lunch with Pen every Monday. We have a little variety artist thing, and uh, we hang out and we talk. And every week he says, you know, oh yeah, there's uh, somebody's bidding on it. Somebody wants it. And then uh, I don't know. It's <laughs> Show business is impossible to explain. Uh, <laughs> everything seems random. Oh, you know, it's absolutely yes. I mean, he'll go, yes, uh, it's done. We'll be starting in four weeks. And then, you know, a day later, he'll, you know, you go, what? Are we doing this? And you go, oh, I, I guess something happened. I don't know if we're doing it or not. And then that's the last you'll hear of it for two weeks. And then they'll go, oh, yeah, we're definitely doing it again. You know, if you if you follow the uh, you know the the UFO crowd, mm-hmm. what as if you follow the UFO crowd, especially especially online on the message boards, um, the, for the last I mean at least as, as long as the internet has existed, about every seems like every three weeks there's a, a big announcement like that something major is going to be revealed you know that the government's gonna say something or somebody's gonna say something and there's a there's something big coming down and so you know keep watching the skies and then you know nothing happens and then three weeks later you know it is such a long drive from the other planets and you know the aliens are on their way but they got to stop and pee and You know, the kids have got to eat. It's I understand it. So, so <laughs> they this, call. They call every two weeks and go. We're still on our way. It's only fourteen more light years, and we'll be there. And then, you know, two light years later, they call again and say the kids, the kids got hungry, and we stopped and had to catch food on one of these crazy planets. And we're still fourteen light years away, but we're going to speed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Like fans of the uh, use up all the energy in the universe to get up there to the speed of light, so we should be there. <laughs> fans of the Penn Radio Show, they 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 sort of have that in common with the you know the, the UFO nuts that they're. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, something something big maybe coming. We're, we change the reason every week. You know, it was the uh, the Mercury was keeping us from doing the show for a long time. <laughs> But now it's the antifreeze. Yeah, so the aluminum. The antifreeze and then the aluminum. We have so many problems we have to get through before we're actually going to do the show again. <laughs> no. Well, like I said, I, I, I beg every week. So trust me, yeah. no one wants it more than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and me. Joy, I mean, you know, Penn is, uh, Penn is great. He's a genius. He's funny. He's smart. And uh it's a blast to, to work with him. You know, he's a good friend. He's a loyal person. I mean, there's just so many, so many nice things to say about both he and Teller. They're they are uh, the ultimate professionals. So it's pretty cool. Hey, my kids are home. Hi guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, they went to Sonic. <laughs> it's a party, Carl. It's a party. 
<laughs> All right, we can we can we can wrap it up. I just have what there's one critical right. critical final question. I yeah, like if you don't ask. mind the kids in the background, no, coming in and out. No, that's great. Say say hi to him. Is it jo- Joey and Emily? Joey just came in carrying the bag, and uh, here comes Emily now. <laughs> Tell them you've got the sock man on the. Uh, hi, kid. On, on the <laughs> Skype. The guy who sent you the socks, the really funny penguin socks and stuff from Korea. Yeah, he's on here. That's who I'm talking to. Hello. <laughs> he says hi. hi. <laughs> they can't hear it. I have it on headphones. <laughs> They're looking at me like I'm nuts. Who are you talking to, Dad? They may even notice that I have the headphones in. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the critical question, uh, and I, okay. I, I ask this for all my guests, uh, um, what is your favorite small kitchen appliance? Uh, you know, I, I recently got a Cuisinart, and I really like that a lot. Uh, is, that like, is that like a slap chop at all? Yeah, I'm sure it's like a slap chop. I, I mean, <laughs> no, maybe not. I think that's the, the slap chop is the... Uh, the, the the slap and chop version, <laughs> right, right, okay. <laughs> the electric one, okay. But you know, I'm a cooking nut, and so uh, yes. I have a lot of those sorts of things. You know what I'm surprised at, and this is uh, I'm mad that toaster technology has not gotten good enough that you can put a piece of toast in and turn it on and walk away and come back and have it be toast when you get back. <laughs> I have, you know, uh, uh, the most expensive toaster in the world, and it still does not toast well. <laughs> So, it's a drag. So Cuisinart, that's basically your... Uh, Cuisinart. I really like Cuisinart, Cuisinart a lot. Well, uh, I think that. Let me ask my wife. What, what kitchen appliances do we have that we really love? Small kitchen appliance. Small kitchen appliance. I'm so you sorry, can't say fridge. fridge. Oh, the coffee thing. You know, that's... A, she's right. The Sensio coffee machine. That's like I'm doing an ad for them. But uh-huh. they, that thing makes great coffee. Okay. <laughs> The Sensio with little coffee pods. It only takes a second. You flip them out, you stick them in, and uh, it makes really good coffee. Oh, man. Okay. I'm going to Google that. You should Google the Sensio. Trust All me right. on the Sensio. And, uh, you know, you buy the pods at Amazon, and uh, it's good. We should All put right. a link up on my website. You can go through my website and buy coffee pods at Amazon. All right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or if they want to buy uh, uh, yeah, bullshit the, the DVDs, are available. To, that's yep. right. Go to your so site. Send me a nickel. <laughs> Yeah, I got in a, in a gift certificate. I'll get a five cent gift certificate from Amazon if you buy one through my site. <laughs> cool. All right, and uh, and so uh, final plug, Lance Burton. Where does Lance Burton at the Monte Carlo? Five nights a week, Tuesday through Saturday. All right, and uh, and you're almost always I'm there. Sure. Lance is a very personable guy. I'm okay. Almost always there. All right. And you can you can you can check your website now and and uh, com or you could you could email me and ask me if I'm going to be there the night you're going to be there. Yeah, we're we're, we're going to try and keep that updated. So you know if you are not going to be no there, that, but we can we're going to try. <laughs> People could double check your website in case you're you know you're away or something like that. Then we're going to have that up on your website. You can see Lance, but you know, but we know they're really going to That's see right. There's you. Fifteen jungle. minutes in the middle. You know, it's like the fillet of the show. You know. Yeah. It's like the very center part of the pizza. It's the best part. None of the crust. <laughs> you know, pe- people always accuse me of having like the easiest jobs in the world, but you you literally only work 15 minutes a day. I, uh, I do. I, you had to point that out and break okay. out people. <laughs> so see people, there is somebody out there who has yeah, more slack. Jobs. That is my advice. <laughs> I am the world's greatest slacker. I wow. go to work. Cool. Juggle for 15 minutes. Hey, it's a hard 15 minutes, though. I have to run for that whole 15 minutes. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll let you go. You I'm juggling a chainsaw and riding a six-foot-tall unicycle, okay? It's it's only 15 minutes, but, you know. All right. You go for it. it could be a bad 15 minutes. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll let you get to your get to your family. You're probably hungry. It's getting close to the dinner hour. Yes. Thank you, Carl. All right. Okay. Well, thank, thanks for being on. All right. Are you, okay. And uh, bye bye. Thanks.